Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Well, hello, everybody, and today I'm really, really happy and privileged to have P.G. Slubbert in my studio with me. P.G. from, well, I keep on wanting to call it Flottenburg because I'm old-fashioned, but it's actually Stellenbosch Hills Winery. <laughs> P.G., welcome to Carrie's Corner. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I think it was must have been about ooh, 10, 20 years ago that, that Flottenburg Co-op changed to Stellenbosch Hills. Is that correct? Yeah, this, uh, in 2003, we changed the name mm. uh, to Stellenbosch Hills. So, the, the reason behind that is because we, there's five different wards that deliver grapes to the cellar. So I think to, 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 to include all five wards within Stellenbosch, uh, why not put Stellenbosch to your brand from a marketing side? And, Absolutely. And since then, it's still working for us. Well, you know, the... <laughs> I actually am a huge proponent of the old, what did we call them, cooperatives, really. And Stellenbosch Hills is like a cooperative, isn't it? Because they're sort of many members yeah. making the, making up the winery. We still operate as a cooperative, but uh, we have 10 members that deliver grapes to us. So we, we, the, the structure will stay the same, although the name has changed. So how does that work then, PG? Do you all have an, a little stake in Stellenbosch, each one of the uh, growers, and you as the as the sort of managing top potato, do you sort of own the lion's share, or how does it all work? No, no. I'm only the, the managing winemaker here, and then each member of the 10 members own a, a percentage of stake within the co-op. Okay. And the actual property belongs to who? To the members. Okay. It belongs to the members. They own everything. Perfect. I'm just running and making wine on their behalf. <laughs> so let's tell everybody where you are. You're at Polka Dry, aren't you? Yes, we situated on your way from Stellenbosch. You can either took the R310 to Musenberg, mm -hmm. as most of the listeners will know, on your way to Spear Wine Estate. We uh, situated opposite different rain brandy cellar, right on the corner there. Ah, okay. Or you can take the route towards uh, Kills River, that's the Polka Dry Road. So mm. a lot of our members are on the Polka Dry Road. So it's basically in between the, the, the Baden-Powell Road and the Polka Dry Road. There's some fantastic soils around about that area. We know that at Polka Dry there's yes. um, – the torrent comes out of there and there's – Yes. Reinecke has got his vineyards along that sort of stretch as well, hasn't he, Johan yeah, Reinecke? There's, there's, there's a lot of good farms that's coming from the Polka Dry. I think young, up-and-coming young winemakers also doing especially good small quantities of wine yes. in the Polka Dry area. Yes. So the wine, let's just for the, for the listeners' um, sort of convenience, let's explain to them how this this cooperative thing works so they all go out and they pick their grapes you do you predetermine a price for grapes at the beginning of the vintage how does it work no what we normally do is they deliver the grapes to us and then after the harvest is done depending on um, 
we serve a lot of clients. So depending, most of the clients will make a price beforehand. So after the, the grapes arrived at the cellar, the wine is made, we submit the wine once again to our clients. Then we finalize the price. And from that price that we finalized after harvest, that is how the grower has been paid. So are you, are you pre-selling your wine before you've even put it in the bottle? No, to your client? No. You, you mentioned oh, your no. client. Who, who are your clients? Yeah, most of our, our bulk, uh, 90% of our production we're selling in bulk to various clients. Oh, really? It's the biggest is the, is the Stell. Yes. They're buying almost 70% of our total production. Wow. It's going to various brands, brands of them. Yes. And then 20% we sell to other customers and only the 10% we sell under the Stell and Bosch brand. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, you know, in the olden days, I keep referring to the olden days. It's not that long ago, but I mean, when I was sort of no. at no, school and growing up, um, <laughs> these cooperatives were actually, I think, quite a clever way of ensuring the success of many wine growers and wine farm owners because there were big conglomerates like Distel and the KWV, mm. which you know because you used to work there, I think, but... Those big conglomerates who used yeah. to who used to buy in a lot of this juice that was made at the cooperatives, which which kept everybody happy. It seemed like a very good idea, and it still does seem like a good idea. More specifically now, where there's so many wine farmers who are battling. Yeah, I think uh, with the cooperative system, it gives the farmer insurance that he can deliver his grapes in a given season. Yes. And that, it, that the wine will be sold over a period of time. Yes. But at least he can pick his grapes and deliver it to a premises. Yes. If in a state side, if there's no buyer, then you need to leave the grapes on, on the vine. And, uh, is that what quite a lot of people uh, do? Do they leave their grapes hanging on the vine rather than pick and, and yeah, vinify? Depending on if, if there, there, there is a, a surplus of wine, uh, I think it happened a, a few years ago. Where yes. Wine, uh, grapes were, were left on, especially I think it was a huge concern when COVID hits us. Mm. Uh, what's going to happen with a lot of wine? And as we all know, we've been... The, the industry being various lockdowns. Yes. Uh, with all the, yes, we've battled uh, a lot. A lot of us struggle. Um, I think for us, if it, if it wasn't for our export market, I think a lot of, not cooperatives, but also small wine estates will struggle. Yes. I think there are a lot of small wine estates struggling. I speak to many, many wine farmers, and I know that a lot of them are battling to keep their heads above water. It's very encouraging to hear that there are still ways and means of, of keeping your head afloat. I thought that Stellenbosch Hills made much more wine than just sort of 10 or 15% of their, of their actual harvest under their own label. Let's talk about the Stellenbosch Hills label because that's really what piqued my interest and why I wanted to speak to you today. Mm-hmm. You've been making this wine for a long time. First of all, what does PG stand for before we go any further? Peter George. Oh, my goodness. That's frightfully English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised you shortened it to PG. PG, uh, you... There's a lot of Peter, Peter Georges in our family, so... Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> so... You can't call it the first, second... And... 
Well, they do in America, don't they? In America, they say PG the first and PG the second. It sounds very sort of noble and, and important. Okay. Um, PG, you've been with Stellenbosch Hills for a very long time. But let's just give the listeners some kind of an idea as to your background. You, you grew up on a farm in the Northern Cape. Tell us from there. Yes. Yes, I grew up there, uh, matriculated in Uppington. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a, on, and from there, I went to the, the army for two years, to the question center in, in Poch, and from there, returning okay. to Stellenbosch. Okay. And then started my studies with BSc Agriculture uh, in, in Viticulture and, and, and Immunology. Yes. And then I moved to, after that, I moved to the KWV as a viticulturist with Johan Pinar in Stellenbosch. So, so is, is viticulture, with, sorry, you've been with? No, in the, I was at the KWV for a year and four months. Yes. And then I've started as the assistant of COVID-2 at Flottenburg Co-op in 1997. Gosh, so that's a lifetime. And it's a lifetime. there. Yes, yes. You've basically spent most of your most of your career there. If you if you were given the option between viticulture or actually making the wine, which is your first love? Making the wine. Okay, As good. Most of the, the the people say that the the wine start in the vineyard, but I I like uh, making wine. Yes, but also connected. I think. The, 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 the stint at the KWV just give me the right platform to, mm. to, to, to see what you can accomplish within the cellar if the vineyards is treated correctly. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful background to have because in my estimation, um, the KWV did then and is still mm. producing some of the most beautiful wines in the Cape. They really, really yes, are. Yes, Izelle at the moment is making fantastic wine. I don't know what she's doing, um, but she's got a love affair going on in that winery and she's producing absolutely beautiful. And, of course, what it does do for mm. you is it teaches you how to handle wine on a large scale, which is exactly what you need to know at your cooperative, yes. I'm sure. Mm. Huh. And, 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 you know, I think the the... the the great success of us is the communication between the, the seller and the farmer. So, um, yes. because I've done the viticulture side, you can go to the farmer and say, we have got a need in this specific cultivar. You need to plant this. So, communication is very key. At the end of the day, if you want to, to produce a specific wine for a specific label. And yes. I think in the olden days on, of the cope system, the farmer just plant everything. I think... Nowadays, it becomes a business. The farm becomes more a business and as part of the co-op. So you must uh, tell the farmer from, from the market and the bottle side what to plant, how to grow, to achieve at the end of the day yes. the, the same goal. And then, of course, you must have your own, your own vineyards at the actual property, do you, that you still look after, or don't you no, have any we, vineyards? We don't have, we, no, 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 nothing. Everything so, comes from the tin growers we have. So where does your very, very famous and special Muscat de Hamburg come from? Because I think you're one of the only people in the country left who's, who's vinifying yes. that, aren't you? 
we we the only country in in in, in the country uh, the only seller in the country that's doing the muscat damber. Yes, it's from a grower in the the Flaberg region okay. region for Yekarinus. So I think uh, from us we something quite unique and quite special. It's completely beautiful, and let's tell the listeners what it is, guys. It is a muscat made from a red muscat variety, and it is completely and utterly delicious. Is it a difficult grape to vinify? Now, what we do with the muscat, and if you the muscat de Hamburg, if it's all mostly planted also in California, and there they call it the the black muscat. Yes. Uh, at Stellenbosch Hills, what we do, we, we, we pick the grapes, we leave it on the skins for, for three to four days to extract the color. And then we fortify the juice with uh, natural wine spiritus. So it's basically yeah. a Jeropico style fortified wine. Yes, it's beautiful. You can use it either at, yeah, before a meal as a welcome drink or after the meal, even on the dessert. I'm going to tell everybody that they they have to buy some so that they can have it with their Christmas pudding because I love that kind of wine with Christmas puddings and brandy sauces and things. It's absolutely lovely. Um, yeah, and but when we turn 75, um, because we have the close, close connection with the Van Rijn brand, brandy seller opposite the road, and I think that was the reason why Flottenberg was built in those days. Yes. Uh, bulk wine for for distillery to to to, to the brandy cell. Yes, so to fortify. Seventy five. Mm. We use a seven year old popsicle brandy to to fortify the muscat. Because we also included with our sense of place range, which is called uh, La Serena. Yes. Then it's the farm name from where the grapes come from. So that we only do a thousand five hundred bottles of that, which is make a nice gift. Especially during Christmas. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. And if it's been fortified with seven-year-old potstool brandy, I mean, you can just imagine that that in itself tells a story. But to move on to the sense of place range that comes from, from Stellenbosch Hills, that's your sort of top, top, top potato, isn't it? I mean, that's that's your yes. top level. And you've got, no, you've got a what? You've got a Sekerbos run pinotage. You've got the cast and... The Castian Bear. Castania Bear. Castania Bear. What we try to to achieve with this range because we want to to, to, to give the best individual vineyards the opportunity to showcase what's available. That's why we launched uh, four years ago. It's a more um, individual feeling in a sense of sense of place and belonging from where the grapes come from. Yes. Where castanha means chestnut. Oh, okay. And if you see the label, it's, it's the flower of the, the wild chestnut tree, which grow in, in, in the area in the olden days, which they use for various region, uh, timber reasons from making furniture okay. to, to the ox wagons. In the I didn't earth. know so, what castanha so, was. I didn't realize that that's what it was. Yeah, but the chestnut. A chestnut. So the thing that um, that really attracted me to Stellenbosch Hills in the first place when I started tasting up or a storm all over the Cape mm-hmm. was your MCC, your your Anna Christina. Anna Christina. And who is Anna Christina? Yeah. 
Uh, Anna Christina was the daughter of the first of one of the Stellenbosch wine pioneers in the area called Antoni Flotman. So okay. you can recognize Flotman. He was the first pioneer in the Stellen, uh, in the Flottenburg area. Yes. He's the, the guy in which uh, the name of Flottenburg came from. So she was the, the first daughter okay. of, of Antoni Flotman. So and you make your bubbly out of all Chardonnay, don't you? It's 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 blank the blank. Really. I've seen Chardonnay, and the thing with with the Stellenbosch brand, I can't buy in grapes from other areas. Yes. All my fruit must come from Stellenbosch, so I can't buy grapes from Darling or down the coast to to put in. Every uh, berry must come from Stellenbosch. So the yes. Anna Christina, the Chardonnay is coming from the Stellenbosch Kloof, where you will to give the listeners the idea where you will find estates like Jordan, the Morganson, yes. the uh, So it's beautiful grapes. Also the Castagna, yeah, the Castagna Bergenen is also from the Stellenbosch Kloof area. Okay, good. And then, and then, any other reds that we need to know about? I know in your reserve range you've got a red. What is that? Is that a blend? The on, in the the sense of sense of place is Sacrebos Rand. It's a it's a Cape blend, so it must include Pinotage. So uh, this blend um, we started, first launched it in two thousand and fifteen. That wine won at the EPSA Cape Blend last year. It was one of the five winners. It also oh, was wow. Four and a half star platter last year. And also it was a Tim Atkin rating of 91 points. So that was the 2015. So oh, fantastic. A few, few weeks ago we, we launched 2017. Yes. Uh, and? This blend is for... 40% Pinotas and 15 Merlot, 30% Shiraz, 30 ca- uh, 15 Cab and 15 Merlot. Okay. And this is the wine that won recently the double gold at Veritas. That's quite right. It was another one of the reasons that I was phoning you to, to chat yes. to you about it. Who are you in charge of making that MCC? Uh, I'm in charge of the white, and then the other winemaker is responsible for the reds. So, but we collaborate with each other when we choose the final yes. blend that's yes. going into the bottle. Because MCC, I mean Method Cup Classic, as we as we know, is is not an easy thing to make. Um, you have no, to have it's very stressful. Yeah, very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> and are you going for? I mean, do the growers subscribe to all the new, not necessarily organic, but much sort of easier on on the land techniques when it comes to wine farming? Yes, I think if 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 if, and that's where from from the viticulture we work with the growers to see to make it more uh, organic friendly for the end of the for yes. the end user. Yes. So spraying the right thing, doing everything from the farm right to the bottle, so that there's a total traceability of of what's going into the. Yes. Uh, so that is, I think, a key at the end of the day uh, for all the wines is that you need to go back from where the grapes is growing. Yes. And and the thing with the sense of place, we're not making huge volume of that of the. Uh, Yes. With the Anna Christina, we're only doing 3,000 bottles. With oh, the, gosh. 
Kastanjeberg and, and the Sekerbos Rand is also uh, 4,000 bottles. So it's not huge bottles. No, it's so not very big. Only the best. Yeah. And and PG, where can where can listeners buy Stellenbosch Hills? I mean, it's not necessarily all over the place, is it? Or is it? Have you put your you put your yeah. ordinary range into the supermarkets? I think. Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, our lifestyle range is called Pocket Run. Yes. So we got three wines: a, 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 a white, a red, and a rosé. It's also available in a in a three liter BIB. Mm. Mm. Mostly all that wines is available in in, 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 in spirit tops. Okay. Uh, and also the, the 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 collection range where you will find most of the varietals, the Chenin Blanc, there's a, a, a Sauvignon Blanc, and all those yes. varietals. You also make a Sauvignon uh, then, Blanc bubbly, don't you? You used to make yeah, a Sauvignon in, Blanc bubbly in the in the past. Yes, that was for one of our clients in Belgium. Okay. Uh, but. Because of the price point of, of Prosecco in, 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 in the export mm. market, we're not competitive to, so we, we stopped. So that's why when we finished with that, we started making an MCC, which I think is more appealing to yes. the client. Yes. And, and who is your biggest export market? Because I'm sure that, you, I'm sure that you're exporting quite a lot. Now, of the 10% we produce, we export uh, just more than 5%. Our biggest market is is Belgium and Holland. It's interesting and that you know so many wine so many wineries have found success exporting to Belgium and Holland, and quite a lot to Germany. And then our third biggest market is Russia. Wow! Followed by the by the States, and then also Brazil. That's fantastic. So, who looks after your exports for you? Somebody is very skilled by uh, the sound of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, 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 a few years ago we approached uh, Overex Wine International. Mm-hmm. They and we link in to their marketing team, and they handling all our exports in Europe. Yes, and we've got another company that's handling our exports in the US, Canada, and also in, 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 in yes. South America. Okay, and and the. Price points and things, dare I ask, are they the same when you send them over there as what we pay for them here? Or do you get much yes, more money? I, I think I always say to the customer, if you, if you look at our labels and our packaging, we only sell the packaging, the wine is for free. So, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> I think you joke. So, I think that really is the case with a lot, with a lot of producers. So, I th- yeah, for me, I think it's over the limit at a reasonable price. Mm. So you, you price comparing price wise, it's all mostly the same. Yeah. Well, I think the one so thing the, that the I local guy is paying from mm? depending on, on uh, yeah, it's ex- exchange rate of what we. I know. With. I know it's hectic. Well, I think from memory, the last time I bought any Stellenbosch Hills, it's more than reasonable on the shelf. It's a very reasonably priced. It, it way over delivers for what you for what you're paying yes. for it. You can certainly buy um in your in your sort of classic range you can buy the Shenans and the Sauvignon Blancs and mm. what have you all under a hundred Rand. They are under under hundred Rand the pocket rice retail below sixty Rand yes. a, a, a bottle. 
And then the, the, we also have the, the blended range with the 1707 white and red reserve. Yes. That's below 200 rand. Why 17, why 1707? 1707 was the date when the first two farms were granted in, next to the cellar by okay. Pierre Rochefort and Gerrit Hanseret. So, uh, they are the, with the Antoni Flotman, the two pioneers, uh, the three pioneers. Uh, in in the Flottenberg and Stella Moskloof area. Okay. So fantastic. we put the date, because the 1707 is a blended range. There's, it's a white blend which consists out of Chardonnay, Semi-Landunia, all vinified in barrel. And then the red reserve is a Shiraz base, Shiraz cap, Merlot, Petit Vidot blend. So you've got a lot on your hands there. How how many tons of grapes or do you vinify or does it come it doesn't come in as, as juice, it comes in as it grapes, doesn't it? It's grapes. Uh, from our members we're doing around a given season depending last uh, this year we haven't had a good season. So on a normal season we do six and a half thousand tons and then we got extra grapes which we crust for various other sellers as well. So within a season, close to 8,000 tons of grapes. That is a so lot of grapes. <laughs> yes, if you convert it into wine, it's 5.6 million liters of wine. Sure, that is a lot of wine, PG. it really is. If I was, being as how you one of my last interviews of the year, um, and I wanted you specifically because I know that you you can offer the listeners a complete spectrum of top, top, top quality from bubbly right through to sticky at the end of the meal. What would you, mm. what would you tell everybody to choose for their Christmas lunch? White and red. And, of course, we're going to have the bubbly, but, I mean, which white and which red would you suggest? For me, from drinking now, I'll – from on the red side, I will I will choose the the seventeen oh seven red, yep. which is a much more older vintage. With the current vintage of of this, the 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 Seiker Bosrand, I think it need to spend a little bit more time in the bottle. Okay. Uh, and on the white side, the Castagna Berg. I love personally. I love wooded wines. Mm. If you don't like a wooded Chenin, then our. Uh, 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 Shannon in the collection range is very good. That Castagna Berg is absolutely and beautiful. That, yeah, and uh, because the Shannon in the collection range is made from vineyard that is, I think, next year it will turn 34 years old. And oh, that's gosh. from the Leinert area just across Spear Wine Estate. I wish, I wish we were all so, like, I wish we were all like vineyards that we just got prettier and and more beautiful. As we got older, but it doesn't really work that way, does it? It's just maybe that's why I love the wine industry so much. It's it's just such a pleasure to chat to you. I I'm sure that you are going on holiday, taking your family somewhere nice for a well deserved break. Are you? Yes, we 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 uh, Christmas we staying in Paul till Christmas we staying in Paul, and then we off to after Christmas to Hermanus. Oh, enjoy a bit of the sea. Go and see the sea and all the whales. So we it's hope we see most of the listeners down here. Absolutely. We all can, cannot travel. So PG, <laughs> if, if anybody wants to, I was going to say, if anybody wants to come and, and sort of familiarize themselves with your lovely wines, they can come unannounced. Can they just sort of arrive and come into the tasting room? 
depending on the on the on the groups what we also offer to the the customers uh, is a, a bolton and wine pairing oh yum where you can pair uh, three boltons three drovos with with our wines and also a popcorn pairing okay we have uh, different kinds of popcorn with and it's very fun and interacting with the, with the people so it's a big group um, more more than than than, than four they must just Phone, phone the ladies at the reception and make a booking. Okay. Otherwise, any uh, walking is all. Pop well. in. It's Sounds well. absolutely brilliant. And, and aside from your paired tastings, do you have a restaurant of any description at the winery? No, no. It's only the, 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 the tasting room that's available. Who needs but. food? Who needs food when there's nice wine around anyway? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> PG? Yes. Wishing you and your family a fantastic holiday and Christmas and New Year. Let's hope that 2022 brings us all much more positivity than this year did. And I hope that you sell thousands and thousands of cases of wine next year. You've made brilliant wine this year. Thank you so much for joining me on Carrie's Corner. Yeah, thanks for having me and the same to you. Cheers. Bye-bye.